You are listening to the Bulls Cast with Chris Stonage and Ben Goddard, your independent Hereford FC podcast. Hello and welcome back to Bullscast, your independent Hereford FC podcast brought to you by the Hereford Times. We're back after a brief hiatus, um, just a couple of changes in software, so we're uh, we're happy to, to, get, to be back and running again. Uh, ben, how are you, mate? You good? Yeah, all good, yeah. Uh, interesting evening last night watching um, the game at Pegasus, so yeah, just managed to get all the pages and all the paper stuff done for the weekend, so, the week, so looking forward to the weekend in Leamington now. Yeah, exactly. A lot of stuff to talk about. Um, but first of all, mate, um, if, you, if you haven't already, make sure to, to check out the podcast in, in its full entirety. Um, but we've got we to gotta talk about Hereford here and now. Um, so York City, Ben, it was what I believe it was the first win of the season that we actually had. And then obviously the second game around uh, a draw at home. Um, how was it? Yeah, um, York was always going to be a difficult game. I think they'd won six on the bounce coming into the game, um, so they were they're full of full of beans. And uh, with now John Lewis up front as well, uh, returning to Edgar Street, so always going to be a difficult game. It was never. It was always going to be a really just a fight, really for um, for play for playoff points, really, because um, it was just as much as about denying York the points has taken them ourselves and and I think that's probably how the game kind of ended really with a draw I mean neither I think Hereford were the were the ones going for it in the end I think they'd well, they'd worked out that York kind of start better in the first half um, which was the case and then um, and tail off after the break and they thought if they get, get in at nil-nil then um, then it would work in their favour but unfortunately York scored just before that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, it must have been frustrating, mate, to be honest with you. Um, being being Josh, it's been a, a tough sort of mini run, but then they got back into the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, frustrating because obviously before York scored, um, Couillard hit the bar and um, they had another effort cleared as well. Much better than the previous week against Curzon Ashton. Much better before. Uh, wasn't Curzon Ashton, Curzon Ashton was away. Southport, sorry. The, game, the home game against Southport last Saturday was very poor. Um, I thought Curzon National and Southport both did a proper job on Hereford, actually, um, taking advantage of them being a bit in limbo with players out and different things. But anyway, back to York. Um, so, yeah, Hereford had uh, two chan- two chances before York scored. Good York goal, to be fair to them. Um, I think Hereford kind of focused on Linnell John Lewis and they were they were too worried about what he could do and not worried about the players running off him. And I think you find that if you've got one really good number nine, that it kind of releases other players to do other things. And and quite often, the, the actual number nine that everyone's focusing on doesn't score, but it's the players running off him that get the goals. And um, and that was almost the case at times on against York. It was, um, what's Lenny going to do? Um, because I think Hereford, no, no one else knows better than Hereford of what he can do and what he's capable of. He's an excellent player, Lionel John Lewis, and um, and it's just a shame that he en- he ended up at York. And obviously, for after the trouble Hereford got in last year with uh, the FA investigation after he left and this that and the other, I don't think he was ever going to come back to Hereford um, because of what it cost Hereford when he left. 
um, with the investigation with the FA and everything else and the contracts and it was it all ended up a bit messy and um, so I don't think you would be directly welcome back so soon um, so yeah I mean but he's a fantastic player fantastic uh, he's going to do really well for York um, to Hereford um, but came back into the game though and um, Maziar Kuyar firing them uh, the one cleared off the line Christian Pierce the one cleared off the line and then in the end uh, came out to Kuyar and um, and he buried it into the corner More, and Hereford deserved the draw they deserved um, a point in the end after their second half performance yeah well talking to Maziar Kuyar Ben um, it's a bit of a it's a love it's a um, bittersweet um, really that he's, he's taken all these headlines because there is uh, rumours that football league clubs are, are interested in him. Um, how, how much concrete do you think there is to that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no doubt that they they are interested in him. I mean, he, he was at Warsaw, um, had an ACL injury, uh, eighteen months, I think, or more out of the game. Um, ended up working. I think he worked in KFC and then a car dealership, and then um, was picked up by Josh. Uh, last season, um, kind of, with, well, uh, the whole season was a complete mess. Uh, was in and out of the team um, on the way to Wembley. Um, and he's obviously at, um, put his head down this season, worked hard, not sulked about not being in the team, could have done what other players have done and thrown their dummy out of the pram and moved on to five other clubs by now. But no, not done that. Just kept his head down, kept working hard and reap the rewards from it now. Um, and I don't think any Hereford fan would begrudge him if he did take up a Football League offer in the summer because um, he's, he's very well deserved it and he's obviously got the talent. Um, I think he's a sort of player, actually, that um, that gets him out of the National North. He'll actually thrive. Um, he's not a brute of a force, you know. And sometimes in the National League they can become games of head tennis and who's the strongest, who who has the biggest centre forward and who's willing to put, to get enough blows and um, willing to put everything on the line, you know? And I don't, he's not that sort of player. So I think if he, if we went back into the football league, I think he'd really thrive this time. Um, he's obviously matured. He's obviously had the time out of the game, which obviously makes him hungry to be back in full-time football. Um, you, you sometimes find that when players haven't, like that sort of Jamie Vardy scenario, players who have to work and their football dream is kind of pushed away from them a little bit and they have to work harder to get back into that full-time football role, sometimes want it more. Um, and so I think, yeah, I don't, don't think they'll be good, Jim. There's obviously Hereford will do their utmost to keep him. And try and put him on a contract as soon as possible. But if you're Maziarkuya, would you really want to be put on a, Her- a contract at Hereford with scouts sniffing around and so close towards the end of the season? You probably wouldn't, would you? <laughs> well, no, not if you're being honest. Like, and uh, I know it's easy to be like, oh, you can stay at Hereford, you can build it, but you see two, three leagues above, like, why the hell not? Would you? And, and as you said, I don't think Hereford fans would really begrudge it. You wouldn't begrudge it of anyone, really. Because what would you do in that situation? Like, <laughs> that's that's exactly it. But um, yeah. yeah, and it's livelihood to this day. Uh, this, this day, it's not like you're going from a championship club to Premier League. You know, it's yeah. 
it's it's massive difference. It's the difference between probably affording a mortgage or not. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it is that simple. It's like going from a I don't know, like in, in different terms, but going from like a a twelve grand a year job to a twenty grand a year or twenty five. It's a massive, massive jump, massive difference, and it is life changing. And so when football league club comes around knocking, you're going to drop everything. And if you're not contracted to Hereford, which I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not, um, I'm not surprised. He, I'd be surprised if he hurries to sign a contract for it that way. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up trialling different places next season at football league clubs. And then he may end up back at Hereford if X, Y and Z doesn't work out or if if what? If it, if other things don't happen, then I wouldn't be surprised if he does end up back out of it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes somewhere else looking on a trial or whatever first. Um, and he fully, fully deserves it. I mean, look at Jamie Grimes moved up last season because he wasn't tied down to a contract. Mazzy Arquiar, I would, uh, he's probably going to go as well next season because he's not tied down to a contract. <laughs> Janai Gordon went elsewhere because he's not tied down to a contract. There's a theme here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, you, you, it's, it's difficult because you don't want to be tied down. You don't want all your players tied down to contracts because if the bottom of the league, bottom half, there's no movement to move players around because the players aren't going to go anywhere and they're tied into a contract. No one is going to buy them out of the contract. So you need a portion of your players not to be on contract to then move them, move them on. And would and three, four months ago, would you say Maziar Kuyar deserved a full-time, con- a proper big contract at Hereford? Probably not, because he was in and out of the team still. There was obviously that glimpse of flashes of really good play, but would you say, would you say that he deserved to be nailed down as, as your player for two years or whatever? Maybe not. And then all of a sudden they start playing really well and you, but then other teams are interested and agents say well don't sign a contract just yet see what and then you just stop then you know same with same happened to Janai Gordon obviously didn't really deserve a contract all of a sudden scores goals and someone comes in for him um, I think the I think Maziar Kugar is obviously um, he's not going to jump ship straight away I don't think I think it'll be the end of the season uh, I think you'll st- I think you'll stay because obviously they the football league clubs can't sign anyone anymore. I don't I don't think I think their contract their windows ended, and I think there's probably three weeks left for National North till registration ends. I think it's the last Thursday of March, if I if I'm right, um, till registration ends, and so no one can move them pretty much mm. until the end of the season. Obviously to stop stop you sign you getting in the playoffs and thinking, oh we'll we'll get one player in for three weeks and pay him a fortune, he'll fire us into the next league. That's that's obviously why they do it. Um so yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if QYard does end up going, but I, I hope he signs I hope he signs a contract with Hereford, but I don't think anyone would begrudge him if he doesn't just yet. Exactly that. Exactly that. So moving on to yesterday's game, Ben, um a county cup match against Pegasus. A 3-1 victory for Hereford, but Pegasus did certainly put up a fight. 
Um, only one, we're only one nil down at the break, um, but a mixture of sort of youth and, and experience got Josh's side through in the end. Yeah, I always like the County Cup games because I think it, it gives you, um, it takes sort of your first teamers out of the picture completely and um, and you're left with sort of the fringe players under 18s. And I think that's always an interesting contest when you, you've got a group of players that haven't, that are obviously technically better than their opposition, but don't play together often. Um, maybe on the training ground a little bit, but not, not week in, week out against a team that may be technically less gifted, but work together, know each other inside out. And it's always an interesting battle, really. I, I really enjoy Counter Cup games. Um, maybe, it's, maybe it's one for the purist. I don't know. But it's... Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Hereford team, um, Sundergaard obviously lost his place to Hall, which is another topic. <laughs> uh, Jamie Egan, Klikowski... Uh, so we haven't seen Klukowski at all. Egan's obviously been dropped at the moment for Pollock and Pierce in the centre-half partnership. Keenan Patton, not, massive, not massively been... Actually, the York game, he did make a big impact. He came on as a sub, and I thought he was excellent. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to cover over the fact we were a bit critical at, of him at Curzon. And also, I think he played at Southport as well. Chester, I mean, Chester and Curzon, them two games were a little bit critical of him. And but I think he's kind. Of, um, last night, the York game, he showed what he can do, and um, and he really did help pull Hereford up towards that draw. And he he needs a lot of credit for that. Um, so, um, so yeah, but he played last night, and I don't think he had a great game to be honest. But yeah, I mean, it's three G pitch and. Playing again, playing with players you're not used to, and there's a lot of. I don't think you can look too much into Counter Cup games, but you can you can see what players are at, I suppose. Um, Torre, um, yeah, I'm not convinced by Torre as as yet. Played well when he first arrived at Farsley, and we thought, oh, he's, is he the real deal? And then we thought, Janai Gordon went, and we thought, well, Torre's got a chance now. He just hasn't done it. Just has not done it. And um, there could be a number of reasons. I probably might get shot down later on. <laughs> I don't know, by, by someone saying this, that and the other. But for me, I don't know, he just hasn't looked the player that Hereford desperately need. And um, he didn't score last night either. Actually, he had one taken off his toe by Ryan Price and put into the back of the, the, the own net. So actually, maybe he was not robbed of a goal, but because Pegs has scored an own goal, but maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. he was robbed of a goal because uh, I think he'd have tapped that home. So maybe he would have got a goal last night. So, um, And then Ryan McLean's been um, not, uh, yeah, I mean, frustrating Ryan McLean. Um, he doesn't, he, he creates a hell of a lot of problems. Teams really worry about him. He, he runs ragged. Fullbacks have absolute nightmares of him. But then he cuts inside and it's like 50-50 whether he's going to hit the net or not. Yeah. <laughs> or whether he's going to find the intended target. And and uh, I know Josh was quite critical of him recently, um, saying he needs to find his sort of um his mojo a bit. And um and he, he did score last night, a really good goal actually, and caused problems. So hopefully that'll give him a bit of confidence going forward. 
and then uh, Pinchard, obviously, uh, short of short minutes. Um, we all know he's an excellent player, and um, and then Mo Farrell. Those are the first um, first teamers that started last night, anyway. Yeah, Farrell scored, didn't he? He scored the he scored the opening goal. Yeah, heavily deflected, kind of uh, completely wrong footed the goalkeeper. Ah, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he again uh, mentioned Torre not not being the answer, not really being the answer for the number nine. It could be Farrell, but it might not be. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of them. Like um, it's a real gamble that Josh. Well. Josh has been forced into it because he's got no budget. So if you're not got the money to bring in a Lenny or a League Two striker, then you're asking big favours, you know, because they're not playing. Football League clubs will want a, a percentage of their wages paying. And if you've not got that money, then they'll probably just tell you where to go. <laughs> so, um, but the under-18s, they're like the football, the Premier League clubs, they don't need a couple of thousand, like a couple of hundred quid a week from Hereford, you know. <laughs> that that's not their end game. It's to get these lad minutes, but you don't know what you're getting. You don't know if you you might get a Dara O'Shea coming and be fantastic, or you might get a naive eighteen year old that looks out of place. So you you really don't know what you're getting when you get these lads in. For basically nothing, and you're doing, and but far, far, he, he could be a player, you know. He's he's a bit like Peter Crouch, he's like, he just he's all legs, <laughs> and uh, and defenders don't really quite know how to defend against him. He's got a good shot on him as well, so it could be, yeah. I, I hope that he's the answer, but we'll but see. We can't put <laughs> too much faith in an 18, 19 year old to. To get you out of these situations, I don't. Well, we tried and tested everything else. That's true, actually. To be fair, so may as well. You may as well do it. Like at the end of the day, there's nothing it's... else left. I mean, Story's not a number nine. Torres, I, yeah, I'm not convinced that he's the answer. He's the solution. Um, and there's no, there's no. Owen Evans has played number nine at times, not this season, but he has in the previously. He's not a number nine. So there is no number nine. <laughs> Where is the number nine? Well, Janai Gordon was the number nine. He was. Jerry yeah. Butlin was the number nine. But both players, both strikers have left and they're not easily replaced. So, yeah, what, why not? Why not uh, have a gamble and see how he goes, you know? I Absolutely. think Story, Pinchard, McLean, Owen Evans, they all, and yeah, they all play better when there's an hour and out number nine. Yeah. Um, someone to feed off even if Farrell just battles holds the ball up plays them in and just becomes a nuisance um, I think they all play a lot better when when Gordon was there I don't think Janai Gordon was the most prolific striker in the world but having that presence that person to hold the ball up who can shoot as well and um, has, has a, a big impact on that midfield uh, and the confidence of that midfield as well so um, so yeah, just it, I don't think he, a prolific number nine would be fantastic. Hopefully, hopefully, get one of them next season. But at the moment, I don't think it needed to be needs to be someone prolific. They just need to be a nuisance and to make 
other defenders worry, hold the ball up. Yeah, and may, maybe Farl is the answer, but hopefully we run out of time. I think it is maybe the last throw of the dice by Josh Gowland, to be honest. I can't see there being any more throws before the end of the season. And if it works, it'll be a masterstroke. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so looking forward uh, to Levington now. Um, drew the last time out uh, with a last minute Dan Smith equaliser over in September. Um, my phone's ringing. Happy days. Um, so Drew, Drew with a last minute equaliser back in September, Ben. Um, Levington have had a, a good, goodish season for them. Um, so what, what sort of challenges do you think will come at Agus Street on the weekend? Well, it's at Levington. Oh, well, what sort of challenges? <laughs> what sort of challenges will happen uh, going to Leamington on the weekend, mate? It'll be a battle. It always is at Leamington. It'll be a bit of a ropey pitch. It'll be a swirling wind. It would. It'll just be an absolute, yeah, a battle. That that them games always are. Um, I don't think I've ever been to Leamington. It's not ended up in just a complete battle of wills. And um, and hopefully want will need to want it. They they'll they'll have to be up for the occasion. Um, again, I, I hope Brian Lloyd's back because I think him and Hodgkiss, if both of them are close, that'd be excellent. Get them back in because Leamington aren't the paciest side, but they they've got the will and they will be strong and direct. They got Kelsey Mooney, former Bulls player. Playing up front for him, he scores a few, so um, they have to be wary of him. I think Hereford know what what threat he has, um, but yeah, I mean, if if Hereford want to be around that top seven, come the end of the season, they need to win it. They need to win at Lamington. They need to beat Darlington at home. They need to beat Kettering. You know, they need to go to these places and get the points. They're still in Hereford's hands, this promotion, this playoff battle. It might look might look more difficult now than it did a couple of weeks ago, but it's still there for the taking. But Hereford need to win the games that, that are there for them to, to, to take. I mean, yeah, Kettering might be a bit of a, a, a slog and a big ask in a couple of weeks, but Leamington away, Darlington at home, Blythe away, Alfreton at home, then you go to Fylde, anything there would be a result. Telford at home, Gloucester away, Bradford at home. I mean, a lot of them are winnable matches, you know. I think people are getting a bit down going the playoffs might not happen because they've played tough games, you know. Curzon around the playoffs, Southport away around the playoffs, York around the playoffs. And before that, Kitty. Yeah. So they, they've gone, hopefully gone through a really difficult period of matches and not not come away with great results but now they have got a spell of games where they need to get back to just convince just winning matches you know a win a, a run of four or five wins on the bounce and you're there because I think the last three are difficult games so I think everyone need to try and cement their spot in the net and just try and win as many games of the next I think there's probably seven or eight of the ne- of, of winnable games of the next ten. So 
go and win them. Exactly. It's, it's as simple as that, but easier said <laughs> than done. Um, but yeah, I think that'll bring the end to the latest Bullscast episode. And make sure to check out all the others um, and make sure to check out Ben and myself on, on the social medias. We will catch you in the next podcast very, very soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>